I held him upside down with heat at a keg stand in college. He is he he is my bro. Hello and welcome to Pet Food Beta Gamerscapes podcast, bringing you the biscuit on all things Final Fantasy XI news, community, and more. I'm Vivi. I'm Moroku. And joining us today is Karma. I'm back. It's a th- it's a three man booth, um, ladies and gentlemen, and Tarus and Galkas. Oh, rabble, rabble. And, and don't forget the Mithras. And Mithras. I guess Mithras are ladies, yeah, or they could be gentlemen. Aster- Asterisk. The one one of them could be a gentleman, I guess. Uh, yeah, there, there technically is one. Right. Um. Well, uh, so we had a gigantic version update uh, on Monday. And it doesn't we'll... feel like it, though. What? Like, it just doesn't feel like that there wasn't that much. It, it, like, I know that there was, but it doesn't feel like there was. Oh, there was. It okay. feels like there was to me. I still just haven't like, done everything yet, and it's, it's been almost a week. Just, mm. like tra- just like Transformers, there's more than meets the eye. It's pulled me away from logging into Final Fantasy XIV at all this week. So. Oh, you see, Final Fantasy XIV has kept me from logging into Final Fantasy 14 at all this week, so Final Fantasy 14 has kept you. Oh, because of the payment thing? No, just because it's a bad game. But oh. that's a well, that's podcast. a whole that's a whole other <laughs> yeah. topic. Um. Anyway, before we talk about the version update, let's talk about some other news items. Cue the music. Let's start off with the campaign. So right now, uh, the November login campaign has started. The new items this month are the Lycopodium Mask, which if you plus one it, you get a costume enchantment. And the Abenzo? Abenzio? Abenzio? Abenzio Trust, which is the Gubu from the Sunshine Seekers event. Now, here's a quick question, if you don't mind me asking. The Lycopodium Mask, like, other than it being a costume, is there any reason why people would want that. Um, nope. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you can wear it uh, just without the enchantment effect and it looks like a little uh, mandragora head. Okay. Yeah, like, if you're a Taru, it's pretty much a costume as it is, so. Yeah, it's there's no, there's no um, g- gameplay benefit other than cosmetic, pretty much. And speaking of Sunshine Seekers, that is going on up until November 25th, um, which is, I guess, is this technically a new event this year? Yes, it is, and it's the stupid stupidest event ever. And here's why. So, you gotta run around your city and you talk to this Moogle, or not Moogle, Mandragora. There's a word. Um, you talk to this Mandragora and he's like, yo, dude, I need these fragments of sunshine and each one of them is worth like one point. And you can get a trust of me for like 200 points or whatever it is. So I run around and I start trying to collect uh, these um, little buckets of sunshine. But the thing is that there are plantoid mobs that are running around your city that will try to screw you over. Be it either taking time away from you from the time limit, giving you a gravity effect, or just straight up ganking all of your uh, little sunshine sparkles. And, um, yeah, so I've been doing it for, like, three and a half days, which is on and off, and I've gotten maybe four fragments of sunshine, and it's really, really difficult, and a trust should not be this hard to get. Uh, I don't know if it was just the fact that we were doing different cities, but it seemed a lot easier if you do it in, uh, Sandoria. Hmm. It's the cipher of, it's the cipher of Baban's alter ego. And Baban, Baban was in another event, wasn't he or she? No, this is a new one. But, I mean, I know that the this particular event is new, but I, I recall a cutscene... Oh. 
with like the goo- like the original trailer for Final Fantasy XI, where the Gubu's like eating a Mandragora. I remember seeing that in game for something that had to do with this Mandragora. Maybe we'll we'll do some investigative reporting and, and figure the answer out to this later. Yes, but uh, no, I've been doing it in Bastok, so that might be why. Because yeah. it, it just it's it's such an annoying freaking mini game. So uh, one thing that I would suggest if you really want the cipher for Baban, try doing it in Sandoria because it seems a lot easier. Yeah, I know it's going to be annoying when you try to uh, run past all the, the little Mandragora and the, the tree ant and the Gubu that are running around like uh, chickens with their heads cut off. But uh, there's a lot of spots in Sandoria where they put like clusters of that uh, that sunshine that you click on when you're running around. What um part of Sandoria is it in? Northern Sandoria? Uh, Southern Sandoria. Like, oh, wow. Oh, yeah, okay. that would be a lot easier than Winter yeah. Falls. <laughs> yeah, th- yeah. There, there's parts of Sandoria. Anywhere in Bastogne. <laughs> okay, cool. Well, Sunshine I'm Seekers, going. check it out up until November 25th. Um, the other campaign that's going on right now is the Idyllic Adventure Appreciation Campaign. Uh, this is, I believe, the second time this has happened. And, and impre- I was going to say, I'm impressed that you actually got that on the first try. <laughs> you'd, you'd be surprised. He's I stumbled through it many times. At pronouncing things. Most of the time, if we do multiple takes, it's because of me and my failures. <laughs> Words are hard. The, oh, yes. Yes, they are. Immensely. The the bonuses that are going on through this right now are the Mogpel, which allows you to trade that for some fun items at the Festive Moogle. Uh, the SP Gobby Key, which or Gobby Dial Key, whatever it's called. Uh, you get one of those each day, and you get an extra um, free... I almost said spin, but it's not really a spin. You get to open the special chest an extra time each day. Mm. Also, um, they added a or another dial to the chest also for the Adeline dial. Right, and so you'll get like whaling stones and and Adeline-related items for the duration of this event. Um, Also, double experience points and capacity points are in effect. Discounted Wildskeeper Reeve key items, higher quality Meeple rewards, double skirmish Simulcra drop rate, and higher quality skirmish coffer rewards and even more stuff that I didn't write down in the show notes. <laughs> so, um, that's all really awesome. So, uh, another reason to log in, uh, you know, between now and the 25th. The discount campaign is going on and that also ends on the 25th. And some pretty significant discounts if you're thinking about returning to 11 or trying it out for the first time. If you're thinking about trying it for the first time, I'm not sure why you would be listening to this show, although we certainly welcome you. Uh, to do that. That is basically the Seekers of Adeline expansion pack. Normally $30 reduced to $5. The Ultimate Seeker, uh, I'm sorry, the Ultimate Collection Seekers Edition, which is basically everything, all the expansion packs and add-ons for 11, including the original game, is a digital download, normally $40, reduced to 10. And the World Transfer Service, which is normally 18, is reduced to $9. So that's going on for another, I don't know, 10 days? Is that yeah. right? Yeah, it should be no also with the Ultimate Seekers collection, you get um, the in-game items too. So you get like the Chocobo hat and the Chocobo shirt and um, some other stuff too. Those are definitely helpful. Yeah, so if you're just starting the game uh, or making another character for shenanigans, uh, they are immensely helpful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so. what, what, was it the hat or the shirt that gives you the auto re-raise? Uh, the hat gives you the auto re-raise, the shirt gives you the synthesis and the crystals and the regen and refresh. And the ridiculous uh, accuracy. That too. Sweet. Which is um, tip if you're doing monstrosity as an adventurer in a level 
level 30 capped zone, those make you godlike. <laughs> <laughs> have, have they, have they uh, said anything about if they're actually going to do uh, anything with monstrosity sometimes and make it actually worth people's time? They... I don't know, but we might in the future. Yes, we might. <laughs> foreshadowing moving yes. right along um <laughs> moving right along the other thing that was announced this week was a new soundtrack available i think exclusively on itunes um and it has eight previously unreleased tracks uh, for seekers of adeline which include the ending theme called forever today um which is played at the end of the expansion and fe- features vocalist mika kobayashi and music from the many bosses uh the hades theme Hades theme, uh, the Rakaznar theme, Khmer, Khmer Drifts, and more. And it's pretty cool. I actually really like most of those songs in game. I'm not such a huge fan of the the ballad that that plays at the end. It's not really my style, but it's well done. I can respect that. <laughs> but um, yeah, so check it out. I was I was surprised to hear another vocal track for Final Fantasy XI release. Yeah, that kind of caught me off guard. Like I mean, the little surprise button of it in the trailer was like, oh, okay, we're playing an anime now. But it was nonetheless delightful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that was cool. The um, so the big news of course is the version update oh that happened that happened The final Seekers of Adeline missions have all been added, and we will keep this mostly spoiler-free. There's a couple of things later in the show we'll, we'll get to regarding the storyline, but um, we'll save that probably for the next show, really dive deep into what what happened at the end, but give everyone a, a, at least a, a fair chance to, to experience them first. Unless you're me and happen to be recording the show, and then you just kind of have to grin and bear it. So it's right. my sacrifice for you, people. At least we can finally take off our tinfoil hats now. That's right. But I like mine. It keeps me well, warm. Actually, keep, keep them handy because there are more quests to follow after the mission. So, oh, yeah. One of the uh, pieces of information as it relates to the final missions are the final rewards, which are always, well, almost always, really worth getting. This time around, there are three things that you get. Um, one is the counselor's garb, which gives you 25% movement speed inside of the Adeline areas, which is cool. I believe it's level one, and it looks like the garb that the leaders of the various orders in Adeline wear. And then you get matching counselor's cuffs, which have no benefit whatsoever other than... No known benefit. Uh, okay, fair enough. Well, no yeah, known cause, benefit. Because the uh, glory crown from um, Otagon, that's it, um, gave you a bonus to sanction. Right. So That's true. Yeah, there might be some bonus, like when bestowing Ionis or whatever. Yeah. Um, and then the thing that everybody is freaking out about is a game-breaking ring. We're not going to go through all of them not here. Not one, not two, 11-ish. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're not going to go through all of them here, but we can talk about a few of them. Uh, I'll start with the one that I picked, which is the Vocane Ring, which is pick- what? Oh, wait, I thought that was the different one. Continue. The Vocane Ring is Cure Effect Received plus 5%. Damage taken minus 7%. There's an error right now in the description. It says damage to minus 3%, uh, but it's actually d- just damage taken uh, minus 7. And it reduces distance knocked back. So between that and my defending ring, 
I'm already at 17% magic and physical damage taken, which is awesome. Now, yes. Now, here's a question. Have you gotten your uh, fully upgraded 119 uh, mythic equivalent greatsword yet for your Rune Panther? Not yet. I still have um, about 6,500 more high purity balds to go. I can just imagine how ridiculous your Rune Fence is going to be once you finally end up getting that and all your 119 uh, relic equivalent gear. Yeah, I mean, I have all the 119 gear. Um, it's just the, the weapon. So I'm, I can't wait. It's going to be really cool. Uh, it's Are there one or two that strike you guys fancy? There are a few. Like, um, the it's the regen, the refresh, and the um, sublimation ring that popped out for me. How, how broken that, is sublimation plus one? It's It adds an extra tick to it. So um, oh, right now, okay. yeah. So as a white mage that's using subscholar, you only get three tick for your sublimation, but it would boost up to sort of four. So you would have uh, the sublimation of a scholar that would be like 60-ish, which is nice. And then you also get the tick of refresh, and then you get the regen tick on top of that, which offsets the sublimation. Like, that would drain your HP. Right, okay. So it's very, very, very nice. Or you just get the regen if you don't have sublimation up. Exactly. And White Mage, which already has, you know, a moderate to very nice amount of just sort of auto-regen on their gear anyway, it's very, very nice. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Karma? Is the one that you're looking at? Uh, there's two, maybe three that I actually really like the Haverton ring, range accuracy plus 20, ninjutsu skill plus 10, snapshot plus 6, and dual wield plus 5. Yeah, that looks cool. Would you be getting that for your um, dual wield job, or would you gain that for your uh, ranger job? It, it could work for either ninja or ranger. Okay. At least as far as I can see. But uh, yeah. either that, or maybe the Thurndot ring uh, for when they finally end up buffing Beastmasters up to the point that uh, they can actually compete with the other jobs. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, I mean, it's a great ring for Pup and for uh, Summoner, too. Yeah. Exactly. Pet accuracy and ranged accuracy plus 20, attack and ranged attack plus 20, haste plus 3, and damage taken minus 3. And the, I think that one of the ones I, I haven't heard a lot of people talking about, but the crafting ring was surprising and pretty, pretty good. Like, the crafting one, which is the Orvel ring, is synth skill rate plus 5%, material loss chance minus 1%, um, synth success rate plus 1%, and HQ synth rate plus one percent no i might just be a pessimist but and also i've been had not the best luck with crafting and stuff but um is the one percent really that noticeable um well there, there's other equipment that that will stack with so and there's not a whole lot of it okay so i don't know if if it's super noticeable on its own but the i mean i think the, the skill gain plus five percent is yeah that would be very noticeable. pretty amazing yeah um then there's also one other ring that looks like it could be rather fun the gorney ring gill finder plus one treasure hunter plus one steel plus two and mug plus one yeah i didn't know what to think of that one as much as i like the idea of it i can't agree with it it's it, it is all jobs so there is there is that there, that means that basically all jobs would have another um treasure hunter plus piece and maybe that's all it's good for and they just added the other stuff on as like a bonus i guess you could, you could put that along with your chalk belt that you end up getting from uh delve i think it was uh the Khmer dress delve i think it was uh no i think it's the mariami one oh, okay yeah but uh put that alongside your uh 
uh, chalk belt, and you could start off with what would it be, uh, treasure hunter plus two for any job, and then imagine putting all that. Start off with like what treasure hunter plus ten for your thief if you're going. Uh, I think yeah, I it, think that's probably what that ring is intended for. Is not for thief, but for everything else. Yeah, but even then, like you cap out a th four if you're um, a job that's not main thief though, and then from gear for thief at least it caps out at eight, so that's why it's kind of eh, for me at yeah. least. Yeah. Like if they had like some extra like dual wield or something on there, like even like dual wield three, then it would be a little bit more enticing. Or I would like say, a, but... like a dex plus you know dex and an agility plus like thirty or something. Yeah, or like a really nice like sort of like good solid melee accuracy ring because there isn't really one of them. Yeah. Well, anyway, um, those are all posted on the Play Online site. If you want to check out the rest of the rings, they're all. Honestly, they're all pretty good, and they're all pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, and if you don't like the one that you picked and you want to change which one you got, you can actually exchange the one that you have by talking to the guard at Castle Adelin Gate and pay them, I think, something like 300k uh, bailed, and you don't have to redo the fight. Oh, wait, you don't have to redo the fight? Nope. Okay, that's awesome. Yeah, which is not all that easy, by the way. I could see them lowering that down in the future. Did you um solo your fight or no? Mm-mm. No. Um, so this isn't really spoiler territory, but um, there are three fights, three, four fights before, like right before the battle with Hades. Uh, and I don't think it is currently possible to solo any of them. The Balamore one, I've heard people say that they could they could duo it with uh, with a white mage. We barely soloed the one in Certus. Or I'm sorry, so uh, duoed. We barely duoed with NPCs. Um, and by barely, I mean we wiped twice trying to duo it, and then we had to like buy like all plus one food and vial elixir plus one, and like pull out all the stops and get lucky in order to duo that one. So it's doable if you have money. <laughs> Uh, yeah, or like mad skills, which I'm not claiming to have. Oh, so I can do it then. Cool. Right, yes. Awesome. Um, <laughs> the one in Yorshia Wield, I actually felt that that one was easier than the Certus one, but we still couldn't do that one. We actually had to get more people to do that one. And then the one in Rala Waterways, I don't think you would be able to solo that. Maybe like a completely pimped out paladin could solo it, maybe, okay. but I don't think so. I think these by design at 119 were made to be at least duoed with NPCs. Okay. Um, and then Hades is um, first form like most of the bosses in the expansions first forms are you know not terrible but there's always that second form <laughs> uh, spoiler alert I guess but that's really not a big surprise that's you know par for the course um, that one is I mean like we easy. knew Hades was going to be the boss from like the end or from the beginning of the expansion because there was a track called Hades yeah actually so. actually uh, I think somebody pointed out in the trailer it says that yeah <laughs> so, it does so um, I was saying so. spoiler alert mo- more for the the oh there's a second form not not so much who it is yeah so much oh. so, mu- so much for those tinfoil <coughs> that we had before yeah well apparently um, one of them might come to fruition so i don't know yes we'll get to i that. just glanced over the show notes uh, so speaking of those areas, um, there are new areas that were, well, one new area and parts of old areas that were, that are new. Um, Rakaznar Turris has been added, which is a zone similar to like the Celestial Nexus where it's like just basically a lobby before a battlefield. Nice. 
Cool. Um, although you can fish there, which is really funny. Yeah, like demon fish or what? <laughs> Pretty close. Bonefish. And if you look in the water um, yeah. leading up to the entrance to the BC, there are like basically skeletons of fish swimming around. That's pretty now, cool. Now, here's a curious question. Do they have the uh, little goblins patrolling the uh, water where you can actually fish just in case people try to uh, like do some kind of AFK fishing? Uh, no, I wish though. But I, there aren't any goblins in Adelin except for inside the city for the, the prize vendors. You know what? You're right. Which is interesting. Yeah. There's not a whole lot in Otter Gone either. There's like the Moblin well, who lives in... Uh, where is that? Um, well, the, no, there were... Um, Moblins in um oh underground place with the volcanoes. Uh, they, in Ottergon. Oh uh, um uh, 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 uh yeah that place. Oh jeez <laughs> um I can't think um, of it either. The mountain Zion. Um, yes, but uh, the other thing. Uh, uh um Halvong. That's it. Yes. Yes. Because <laughs> there were uh Moblins in Halvong that were there because uh Odin had something to do with that and then Moblins historically like worshipped Promathia as we know from COP and that all ties in and is really sort of fun lore yeah but so, there it, yeah. I guess I guess there's only a handful yeah there and technically not goblins they're Moblins mm, close enough they just wear khakis instead of the tan thing that, <laughs> mob, that goblins wear or something um, I was gonna say, why did I get this weird vision of like old episodes of Password that we just ended up going through right there because we probably didn't I channeled Betty White so <laughs> nice. Yes. Speaking of betting, Betty White, um, that's not a segue at all. Uh, new <laughs> sections, <laughs> new sections have been added to Sirtis Caverns and Back all to of more the- important topics. Did I tell you I met her once? No. Yeah. Comic-Con. Okay. We can continue. Yeah. I just wow. like to bring that up as often as possible. I met Joey Lawrence once. Okay. That's sort of related because Betty White filmed something at the location that I met Joey Lawrence. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I got you all beat. You know, the guy who's the voice of Wizard World Comic Cons, Mo Lightning. I went to school with him. How does that relate to Betty White though? Yeah. Celebrity Keep- sightings. Oh. Um, but Betty White isn't a celebrity. She's a deity. Jesus. Get on my level, bro. <laughs> Dost thou even live? Well, speaking of celebrities, um, <laughs> new sections of Sirtis Caverns and all of the gates areas have been added. And the way that you get to those are from the weird looking crystal things in the connecting zone. So you may have noticed in your adventuring as an adventurer that there are in base, there's one in every single zone in the outdoor locations in Obuka, which have these little devices that sort of look like crystals and it looks like something was broken off of it maybe do you guys know what mm-hmm. i'm talking about yeah it was uh when i was exploring the uh zones the first time i put on and up I'm like this might be important later yep and, and they are and uh, yeah they are basically teleportation devices and you can use them if you have cleared the wildskeeper reeve in that location and that will then place you in the respective uh, dungeons, uh, the gates that are connected, you know, normally, but into a, a area of it that's not accessible just by running to it. If that makes sense, I did a roundabout way of explaining that. Yes. Okay. So the reason that those exist now is that there are new notorious monsters in each of those locations, uh, and the way that they work is that they are essentially forced spawn NM. So you'll find a little question mark, and you'll have to trade a trigger item to it which are rare and exclusive and you get them from mobs that are nearby and like it's it's basically just like uh you know popping
something in Abyssia NM or something like that, where you, you find the question mark and it says, um, there's some, you know, shredded griffin feathers about maybe something would happen if you had this item or something like that, mm-hmm. um, giving you an indication of which mobs to farm and what item you need. They drop pretty quickly. Uh, I was out there with a group. We tried a couple of these and uh, even without Treasure Hunter, I was able to get one within like one or two kills. Cool. Um, so that's uh, that's what it is. And the mobs are not easy, but they're not like Del Venoms. There's not, from what I can tell, there's not any sort of trick to beating these. They're just regular. So there's no like stupid proccing or anything? Right? There's no proccing. There's no okay. uh, There's no tricks like the Delve ones. Um, they're pretty much just powerful versions of whatever mob family they belong to. And they're, I think they're level 125. So a group of six um, had no problem beating them. But, you know, it wasn't like a, a two second fight. It was you know, like a good 10, 15 minutes or so to so, down okay. one of these with six people. Okay. So so kind of like spawning like a uh, Delve NM except like less ridiculous rules. Like uh, the, what was it, the Grasshopper from uh, the Seazak the Battlegrounds. Uh, you got to uh, make sure you like stun his spells and you can only weapon skill during like yeah, uh, while it's casting. Ability or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah there's, no, there's no gimmicks to these. These are just like the, the two that I did with my group was um, the Diarmite and the Griffith. Uh, and there was no tricks to these. I mean, that they had, you know, similar properties to the normal mob families, although the, the Diarmite, his hate gets really weird at around 15% health. But other than that, there's like no secret to beating. It was just like, okay, you just got to control hate best you can at that point and kill it quickly Don't at the end. Diarmites have like a hate reset move anyway? Some of them do, yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool. It's just, it's nice to see just some simple content. You know, I think Final Fantasy XI traditionally has been plagued by introducing overly complicated systems in the past. Cough, Evilith, cough. Yeah, and this is just this is just simple. It's familiar. You farm a pop item, you pop it, and you have a thief for treasure hunter to increase the chances of getting drops. Like it's just it's simple and it's fun and it's challenging enough to where you actually need to team up with people to do it. So, so but, it's almost like it's almost like the Adeline version of Sky. A little bit in a way, yeah. Um, and I, that also kind of makes me wonder, like, okay, if there are approximately five or six of these, will they in the future drop something like a seal that you then pop a larger boss? Maybe they have. They said that they're not done with Adeline content, even though the storyline is wrapped up. Mm. So we'll see. That could be awesome. Um, and the other thing that's cool about these NMs is the stuff that they drop. I don't have like a, a list compiled, but I gave an example. They have something that looks just like the Vermi cloak, but it's for eye level one nineteen and has ridiculous stat vomit all over it, like defense two nineteen, HP and MP plus one fifty. Well, yeah, but that's both like a head and a body piece, though. Right. Yeah. But so. it, it, and it also has refresh plus three on it. Yeah, so. I, th- I think with that, I think you're not able to actually like wear headgear, right? That's correct. Yes. Yeah. Uh, even then, like if you're gonna end up trying to get a three tick refresh or whatever, uh, most mages they can either have uh, or you know hate their life and farm up a hairpin, or they already have access to a refresh hat. So and this can be equipped by more jobs, I think. Then, like, I uh, I don't have it in front it's of me, but it. I know, like, Rune Fencer, for example, can equip this. Um, and yeah. and yeah. I forget what else, but a lot of jobs can equip this. That and so, if you don't already have a plus three, you know, refresh, yeah. it can be nice can, for some jobs you don't play all that much. I yeah. can see it possibly helping out a white mage a little bit, unless they don't. Uh, if they don't already have the uh, the one nineteen 
uh, White Mage Relic Gear or the well, AF for, gear. Well, for White Mage, like uh, pretty much all of their bodies that you'll be using, you'll have a two-attack refresh anyway, because you should have the Orison body plus two um, exactly. from Abyssia. And I mean, honestly, between that and the um, the pants plus two, you won't have that many uh, issues with MP on White Mage if you know how to play the job correctly. <laughs> yeah, this yeah, is what? this is a nice uh, one-size-fits-all yeah. refresh piece if you don't have that for certain jobs. Um, moving right along, we have uh, Mog Garden updates, or as they misspelled in the uh, the notes, they're like Mog Gaiden or something. Yeah, it was like Jerry the intern was like the only person at the office and just decided to screw everything up. <laughs> it's, okay, it's okay, we understand. Words are hard. Um, and there are a lot of words, to be fair, in this update. Uh, there's some stuff that they updated and rank two of monster rearing. Um, I don't think we need to get into the details of that one. Uh, fishing has been added to sea or sea gates. Okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. Um, and then some system stuff. So not so much Adolin related, but there are new NPCs directing players to local quests, and they have now been added to Tavnasia, Selbina, and Mora. In addition to the starting cities. Also, I think I mentioned this on the last show, but I, more icons have been added to the map. So anything that is a teleportation device, including all the way up to Inner Rock is not court you can actually see on the map now so that's handy mm. um chocobo racing has been uh, updated i know crazy with uh the ability to skip cutscenes and some fees and rewards have been adjusted i think i don't think it was a big problem but i had heard about people figuring out some sort of way to make not a lot of gill but like a good chunk of gill by gaming chocobo racing a little bit so yeah it seems like they have adjusted that while making it easier to use Speaking of Betty White, um, <laughs> speaking of Betty White Mage, oh, there you go. We've just created a character. Perfect. Um, the there have been job adjustments. Uh, Beastmaster got new pets, including um, Redolent Candy, which is a snapweed, Blackbeard Randy, which is a tiger, Three Star Lin, which is a ladybug, Headbreaker Ken, which is a dragonfly, a red dragonfly, excuse me, and a new job ability called Bestial Loyalty, which allows the use of a jug without consuming its contents. And the job ability Read will now enable ready. The familiar. Oh, <laughs> ready will now enable see that was also a typo typo on their end and that's why i was like job ability read i don't remember that one i guess maybe that wasn't a recent patch and i missed it okay that makes a lot <laughs> more sense the job ability ready will now enable the familiar to use special attacks even at less than 1000 tp as long as certain charge requirements are met um so you know if you're playing beastmaster and you use ready there is a forced delay on when you can use the next one um even depending i think right even if you have the tp to use it you, yeah, you can't exactly. spam them uh, exactly when beastmaster before this came out uh you would literally have to wait until you had enough charges to be able to use the uh weapon skill and you'd also have to wait for the tp right so, so now you don't necessarily have to wait for the tp right exactly. like so it's nice um i've been playing with beastmaster the past week or so and uh it's nice so i'll go in like charm a b or a domel and uh anytime ready is up i'll just uh erp sick i guess sick and ready um Anytime I'll pop it and it'll just be like, hey, here's Healing Breeze or something of that nature. And it works out pretty well. 
Cool. Have you, Karma, have you had a chance to mess with some of this stuff? <laughs> a little bit. It helps out with uh, with bestial loyalty. Uh, it'll cut down on your uh, amount of guild that you can use. Like I know there's a whole there's a whole slew of jugs that actually cost quite a pretty uh, pretty penny. Uh, like I think it was the uh, uh, crude Ralphie. I've been wanting yeah, to try that out. If you, yeah, if you buy like a stack of that for however much ridiculous prices that it is right now, you can use bestial loyalty, and it's not going to use a jug. That's nice. I, it, it could help out a little bit there, but it's not necessarily still bringing the Beastmaster up to where it eventually will need to be to be able to be more useful to the uh, Final Fantasy XI public. Yeah, and there's some notes that uh, in when we get into Dev Tracker Gems about further adjustments for Beastmaster that sound a little more promising. So that could be cool. Oh, and I am so waiting for those. Um, Summoner also got updated in this patch with skill chain attributes added to yes the they did <laughs> added to uh, I won't list them basically all of the most powerful Seven, it's the 70 physical packs and then Eclipse Bite which is available at 65 right uh, and that's pretty cool. I've actually seen that in action because those at our level 119 summoner are really, really powerful. Yeah. The other thing that got tweaked is Avatar's favor. Um, the effects of that have been increased and the effects will further increase based on the amount of MP consumed when using a blood packed rage pa- uh, or blood packed ward. Um, so I don't, I haven't actually been on my summoner yet since the update to see how much these effects have increased. I haven't had the chance to mess with the uh, wards too, too much, but from what I understand, it's still like not really anything where you would choose an avatar for its favor over, say, Ifrit with Flaming Crush. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. But uh, so it just, it's because they didn't raise the cap on how much the favor is. They just raised the rate at which you can cap it. Gotcha. So things like if it's like a pact was like a or a favor was like twenty five percent double attack, which is nothing to sneeze at. But um, it just it's a uh, it's it would be nicer if it did more. So um, last couple of random things that were tweaked were that alter ego weapon skill strength has been increased. Salvage plan drop rate has been increased. Hmm, interesting. Yes. Um, toads and Ubuka are weaker now. <laughs> Lol. Like okay. <laughs> okay. That, yeah. Was yeah, that like, really an issue or? I don't know if it was an issue, but they've reduced the attack for all of the just auto attacking toads everywhere in Obuka. I don't know oh. why. Because I know that um, a lot of blue mages, what we what they would do is they would go and um, fight like ju- they would just chain a bunch of um, aquan mobs in uh, some zones. So I don't know if it was like, hey, we're dying too fast, make us more broken or something. So. I have no idea. I don't know. Uh, and then the entry costs for uh, Shadow Lord and Headwind Phantom Gems have been reduced to 10 merits, as expected. They've been doing that pretty consistently every other update, it looks like. Um, and then, so there are two other big things that were added in this update. Um, let's talk about the Link Shell Concierges first. Which basically is a system designed to allow Link Shell leaders to store some pearls with an NPC that other players looking for Link Shells can then join. So it doesn't mean that the Link Shell leader has to even be online or be in the same location to hand them a pearl like in the last 12 years of this, this game's existence. <laughs> um, and it also gives a, a market marketplace, so to speak, of people looking to you know for different types of Link Shells to browse them based on categories. So you can set different 
different um, topics such as like hardcore endgame, social, um, I forget what some of the other categories are. Um, and you can also specify the language, so English, Japanese, or other. And then uh, Blink Shells that are openly recruiting uh, have a way to gain new members. And this is actually a really, really well-designed system, and it works pretty well from what I understand. And uh, quick, uh, quick question. Is there going to be any way for them to uh, stop the trolls who end up getting kicked from Link Shells of trying to get back into the same Link Shell to troll the Link Shell more? Well, the Link Shell leader just wouldn't store any pearls with those NPCs if they didn't want to want to risk that. Oh, okay. Um, and yeah. I think that's usually more of an option for like, um, I get, well, it's hard to say. Trolls, it's, trolls live it, everywhere. Yeah, it feels as though like uh, this is a system more for um, newer shells trying to get, you know, their sort of ground running or however the expression is, because I'm kind of dumb. Um, You're not dumb, you're just just misunderstood. No, it's just, it's six in the morning here, that's why. Um, (laughs) All day, it's six in the morning. All day, it's six in the morning after my Friday nights. No, but I think it's designed more for, like, if you're not going to see, you know, the shells that are like, oh, hey, world first for taking down, I don't know, whatever the Adlin version of Absolute Virtue will be. You won't see that from using the system, but it's going to be, hey, you know, we're Care Bear Cuddle Squad, and we want to recruit you for our strange role-playing Let's Level Cap to 75 Sky Knights. Yeah, I mean, I, I could also see shells um, trying to form a static to maybe burn through the Seekers of Adeline missions, yeah. forming and using this system. That's an easy way for people to find that, you know. Um, it's just it's it's just a nice system, and I, it would have been great if this was in much longer uh, ago, but, you know, better late than ever, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the um, the other system, well, speaking of social stuff, is Unity Concord, which is actually a pretty significant update. Um, Unity Concord is basically, it's a system that allows players to join NPC-led factions, and they also get their own dedicated chat channel, uh, which you can type in by doing a front slash U. And so what's different from this and a link shell is that there's no uh, leader that is an actual player. The, the, the leaders are all NPCs, which means that um, people can just willy-nilly uh, join this. There's no link pearls to clog up your inventory or anything like that. And I've noticed I, I joined Naja Salahim's link. Uh, I almost said link shell. I joined her um her faction and at any given time there's at least 45 or 50 people sometimes more in it um and it really does feel like like wow okay i have my regular link shell and a huge link shell and i can chat in both of them at the same time and it's pretty cool i've actually used it to team up on seekers battle and missions um oh asked, that's cool yeah i asked people in my shell um they either weren't caught up or were past it or were busy or ignoring me um <laughs> <laughs> and then i tried shouting and i couldn't find anyone from shouting um and so then i tried the uh the unity um faction and sure enough like immediately i found two people who were willing and and ready to to team up and one of which i had never met before in game which i thought would be impossible because of you know quetzalcoatl generally only has 500 people playing during a prime time Mm. the uh the other stuff that comes with unity concord are a new yet another form of currency um i think they're called accolades and you you get them from completing um unity concord specific records of eminence objectives so this is tied to records of eminence and a new notorious monster system has been added where
which is they're basically regular NMs. Uh, they're forced spawn, and you pop them with an item that you have to expend um, accolades for to get. And you can only fight. The caveat is you can only fight them with members of your faction. I believe. Don't quote me on that. Mm. I'm pretty sure that that's the case, though. I don't know if that part is true. I think the, I think last night we ended up going out into Valkyrie Dunes. I think I might have did it with somebody from a different faction. Maybe maybe what though. I had heard was that you can only get credit for the records of eminence objective. Like there's a wanted list. I think maybe you have to be in a party of three or more from your faction in order to get the credit. Maybe you can pop them and fight them. Uh, in a when, mixed party. When, when you go to pop the NM, for you to be able to be a part of the fight, I know you have to have two thousand accolades. That I know oh, okay. is that I know is a part of it that you must meet as a requirement to be able to fight the NM. Okay, hmm. so we'll probably have more clarification on that as we all get a chance to, to mess around with it. Um, the other stuff that's interesting about Unity is the NPCs you talk to to get involved with it allow you to, to exchange your points for some equipment, some pop items, some just fun items like some of those. Um, uh, they were login only, login campaign only uh, costumes like the the statues from Dynamis and stuff. You can buy oh, those neat. with accolades. Um, but uh, more interestingly, you can upgrade your low-level equipment to uh, some of it to one uh, item level, you know, levels, and some of it to just higher levels. So I think if you've got your your um, your much coveted uh, pearl and teal sets, you know, from Abyssia, mm-hmm. you can plus one them. You Yay! can plus you can plus one them to level ninety now. <laughs> I made so much money off of selling pearl gear. Like, oh, don't right, get me started well, on that. Well, well, no, like I'm not talking like NPC. I mean, like when it first came out and nobody knew how to get anything like the um the crew nobody knew how to get that and so uh we had figured out um how to farm it by killing you know different mobs and like sort of alternating between them right and so we had done that and so i sold maybe four or five bodies for like oh i don't think i got like a mill but i got several hundred k well at that level it's some of the best stuff that you can get oh yeah like you could wear it like for quite a while so at the risk of being ridiculed well yeah but i mean if you're just like sort of gonna power through and people see you there for like one day it's like yo i'm not gonna worry about it too too much i can't wait to see somebody wearing a plus one set of this Yeah, but the, isn't the plus one only like 99, though? And it's not, not even actually, 99, it's 90. It, it, yeah, 90. Oh. Which, I guess, does fill a gap in gear, you know, in terms of, you know, good stuff that's easy now, to get. There's the Void Watch stuff, but that's not so easy to get, even, you know, especially would, when it's harder to find people to do it. Mm. Now, now, here's a quick question. Are the plus one versions of that, are they rare EX? Yes, they are. Okay. Yeah, we can't sell them. They thought that had time. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I could see Maroku getting evil and just be like, here, 200k for a pearl plus one body. Well, that's the thing. Like, I haven't, like, uh, I wouldn't even be able to do it yet because I haven't signed up for the Unity thing because I had heard that there was still this glitch going on where if you sign up, it downgrades whatever your link shell is. So if you have a shell, you go down to a pearl. And if you have a sack, you go down to a pearl also. Wow. And no, yeah. And I have no idea if they fixed that yet. So I haven't, I haven't even heard for that. Yeah. You, I haven't heard about that happening uh, I, other than from you. Um, <laughs> well, so I uh, guess start Unity at your own risk. 
Um, and if you do want to start Unity, there are NPCs in Southern Sandoria. There's, I think these are all new NPCs. It's, um, I'm not going to even try to pronounce. Herbio uh, Lane. Herbio Lane. <laughs> They're um, right next to the Records of Eminence people, usually. Yeah. So. Uh, Igsil, Ig, or Igs, Igsley in, uh, in Bastok Markets. Um, yeah, and actually, then there yeah. are these two Taru Tarus in Windurst Woods at the entrance. Um, so something I've been wondering about is once you sign up for a Unity, are you able to change Unities or are you stuck with it? You can change after uh, each week's conquest tally. Okay. Yeah. And the other, the one last thing about uh, Unity is you um, you have collective points. This is similar to how a free company sort of works in Final Fantasy XIV, where as you work together, you have a collective ranking, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and at the end of each conquest tally period, your ranking will determine the stat bonuses you get from Unity Concord specific gear. Um, so most of them are not useless, uh, you know, with no bonus, but they're even more useful with a bonus. And I think it's things like, you know, your your Dex Plus uh, would would normally start at one if you're in last place, and then go up to like five or six if you're on top. So it's just a little bit of a perk, I guess. Cool. So. So yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, for the chat feature alone, um, it's a really, really good system. Uh, I'm curious to see how how much the other stuff will stick. Well, I guess it remains to be seen. Um, and that is it for news, which takes us into Dev Tracker gems. Um, there are a lot of things in the Dev Tracker, but uh, we just pulled a few of the gems. And the first one is Beastmaster, um, getting further buffed overall and they had talked about adding modifiers to certain pet attacks. Um, It wasn't really exactly clear what they meant by that, but the way I took it was that probably certain stats um, will affect certain pet attacks, sort of like weapon skills. They had also mentioned, I'm not sure if um, this is also in the notes, um, that they were thinking about making jug pets have more unique DP moves instead of the ones in the wild. It wasn't in the same post, but uh, I didn't yeah. catch that, so I'm glad that you did. Um, they also talked about adding some sort of um, boost when both the pet and the master are attacking as a team. So I don't know if this is still true, but I know um, when I started playing, a popular way to play Beastmaster was to have the Beastmaster send out the pet and do most of the work, similar to how a summoner typically isn't um, you know, hitting the mobs themselves. Exactly. But Beastmaster, unlike summoner, is pretty well suited to do battle on the front lines as well. So I think they're trying to maybe buff Beastmaster in that way to where it becomes more of a um, a DD when it's working together with its pet. Mm. So so it'll actually be more useful to actually do stuff with other people. I think I think that's the goal. I think I think they realize that Beastmaster is pretty much left out of all of the current content. It's about time they did something about it. Um, Puppet Master is getting new attachments and elemental energy caps. Um, I'm excited about that. Yeah, me too. Uh, they said no that they're not getting new heads or bodies at least i'm disappointed about that at least at least yet they didn't say forever but did they say yet they 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 said they said initially no to the the heads and the uh the bodies but did they say yet that's the key thing um i believe yeah i believe at this time or in the you know the immediate future um now as far as all i I want is my friend's pup marvin to uh like the actual automaton's name marvin in 
it's amazing. Uh, to have like a thief frame where it sort of goes around and just stabs people in the back or like a samurai. And it would be so cool. Oh yeah, having job specific heads, even if for cosm just cosmetic would be awesome. Yeah, it just it would be so cool. Because I mean like having like a dual wielding pup or something with like a two-handed weapon, that would be amazing. Or yeah. better yet, how about this? How about a blue mage pup? No, step off. No. Like, my blue mage is my job. You get your own. Yes. Um, now, uh, as far as elemental energy caps, like wh what exactly are we talking about with the energy cap? So the, when you play Pop-Up Master, you have maneuvers that you do that are affiliated with an element. Um, right now, they cap out at three, and that determines... It basically um, kind of guides the automaton to oh. use the types of moves that you want it to. Um, okay. And it also, depending on your attachments, will affect um, certain traits, I guess. Like, for example, if you have water maneuver up and you have the... I think it's the percolator. Um, and you have, like, the more water um, maneuvers you have up, the faster its combat skill rate uh, will go up, and it will okay. also have less chance of uh, overloading. I actually think that you might be a little bit um, mistaken in that aspect. Uh, this update, they also changed um, how the UI was set up for the automaton with the attachments, and they had said um, in the dev tracker that that was specifically so that way they could accommodate for double-digit um like uh, elemental things in the UI and so what I had interpreted the um, caps for the elemental energy was the actual caps that were tied to the attachments so like I think it's like a oh like, you, you what, don't think yeah. it means maneuvers you think it no means I don't think it means maneuvers at all I think it means like the actual elemental energy for the attachments themselves okay, well either way um, yeah either way it would be cool significant, so. yeah, yeah. Uh, the community team has also um, run the risk of collecting lore questions in the forums regard regarding lore plot holes as Godspeed, Kamate. <laughs> Kamate <laughs> has hinted that the follow-up quests might answer some of the questions in the forums, so check out the official um, Final Fantasy XI forums if you want to add to that list. Um, top of that list right now is the question about, hey, in Wings of the Goddess, there was a Dragoon from Adolin, and there's no Dragoons in Adolin, and it's spoiler alert, not explained in the missions. Um, Adolin. What happened? Um, like, and so he, hey, there's a he, whole order of dragoons apparently twenty years ago, right? So he kind of hinted that yes, there are still more quests on the way, and they might answer some of these. But he is going to take the questions in that thread to the dev team, so that's cool. Yeah, the trusts will be able to be categorized based cool. on ability, I guess. And They're kind of already categorized by like nation, aren't they? Well, I think w what they mean is like healers, DDs, uh, tanks, and then probably the passive uh, ones like you know Star Civil and whatever. Yeah. Um, freshly picked Vanna Deal. Uh, there's a new episode of that, and it previewed the December update with new battles with the Zol Triumverte. Vera, Verate? Tri triumvirate. Triumvirate. Words are hard. Words are very hard. Uh, and if you don't know who they are, that's all I'm going to say about that. The sublink shell system um, was also uh, previewed, which uh, will basically, next update, you'll be able to equip a second link shell at the same time. Uh, and they hinted at some job point adjustments um, as being a way to gain new spells or abilities in the future. I have issues with this. I do too, because that's what merits are for. Now, here, here's a curious question about the sublink shell system. How are people going to be able to, like, say they have link shell A and link shell B, both equipped. How are they going to be able to uh, chat with link shell B and then quickly go over to uh, link shell A and chat with them as them? Probably just like 
like that. You yeah, definitely and, slash L1 slash L2. Yeah, that's how they okay. do that in, in Final Fantasy 14. And in 14, you can actually have eight link shells equipped at once. Um, yeah. And yeah, you just do L1, L2, L3, L4, etc. And yeah, you, can, just, you can set different colors for them. I imagine you'd be able to do the same with this. Yeah, are they, are they going to be able to make it to where you could actually have those link shells held in one specific item? So so you're not to say like you have like five link shells equipped. Would it still take up the five inventory slots? Probably. Or? What I could see them doing is um, maybe making it so uh, the one visible, like the shell that you would have um, that would be visible would be a, maybe they can make it like a key item sort of system. Like a link, or, shell, like a link shell box. Yeah, like that. Like make it like a key box. item system. And so you've got the one that you're going to have visible you equip, but then the other four, whatever, they just kind of are there and you're getting the data kind of like you are for the Unity stuff. So who knows? Yeah, yeah. Well, well, we'll we'll see. Um, and then um, so payment issues are a thing. Uh, I guess maybe we should have talked about that in the news, but we probably should have. <laughs> Uh, yeah, <laughs> but we're we're talking about it now, so that's that's fine. Um, I, I don't know the full scoop on this, but I know that a lot of people on my link shell have been having issues with whatever payment system they were using that no longer exists, and then their credit cards not are getting denied when trying to switch over to using credit cards directly. Gukuma um, responded about this in the forums, and he said that the billing team is working to add a pay- a PayPal payment option as soon as possible, and will continue to update. Um, um, with timing um, as soon as the, they know more information. So they're working on it. Um, it was good to see them actually respond about that too. Yes. Thank goodness. Um, that will take us to a brand new segment. I bet we can have the uh, uh, the uh, victory fanfare music play. No. Oh. My music's better. <laughs> All right. Yeah, let's go with that then. We're calling this one um, Mithril Busters. Um, no, this is completely a completely original um, name and concept. Exactly. Uh, so basically, in the in the past, I don't know, three or four episodes, uh, we had started speculating on what would happen with the Seekers of Adeline storyline, having wild tinfoil hat predictions, etc. And um, now that we know what happens, we're here to debunk or prove some of our th- wild theories. Um, and this so, is this is going to be a little spoilery, but not all that spoilery. So just in case you. Uh, you're concerned about that. You have been warned. Um, let's start with the origin of Rakas Narawa. I had maybe suggested that it came from the Void of Darkness that is also involved in Final Fantasy XIV. And that is false. As we know it, uh, it is not from the Void of Darkness. Or, I'm sorry, the Void of Darkness as we know it, it is not where that is from. Um, the word is still out on the force that powers it. So we'd maybe speculated that maybe Magitek was sort of involved. There's been no mention of Magitek. So there are still questions that remain to be answered, but it is not from the Void. Odin is not behind Hades. I think uh, I think Moroku and I were in agreement that, oh, obviously this is coming, right? 
It's coming. Well, well, I think we were in a pessimistic agreement, but I had a tiny bit of hope that it wouldn't be. You were right, so, then. Yeah. Um, it is, not only is it not Odin, it is not the Garlean Empire or anything Final Fantasy XIV related at well, all. Well, how did we even come up with that? Or rather, how did you even come up with okay, that? Okay, so my, my whole thing with it was uh, that in the patch that came out, I think it was 2.2 or 2.3 Final Fantasy XIV patch that came out, mm-hmm. um, we see the void of darkness, which is also present in Final Fantasy III, right. um, uh-huh. show up, and it kind of explains why there are other elements from Final Fantasy III, like inside the Crystal Tower, which is also from III. Right. And so I saw kind of that parallel. It's like, okay, Rakasnar is kind of this um, coil, you know, if you will, maze, serpentine labyrinth of <laughs> ancient civilizations. Um <laughs> And then as you explore deeper within inner Rakaznar, there's a gigantic tower in it. Um, and so I'm kind of seeing those things like, okay. And it also is very dark themed and all that. And so um, what's also interesting about Rakaznar is the architecture is foreign from other areas in Vanadil. Um, and the stuff that powers it looks unusually high tech. And so that's kind of where I was speculating. So we knew in Final Fantasy 14 at the end of the, um, the Crystal Tower storyline, up until this point, one of the leaders of the Garlean Empire there gets sucked into the void. So that's where I was thinking, like, okay, maybe there's they're going to do a crossover thing, but at, at the same time, yeah, of course, it's unrealistic to expect that they would go that far with the crossover stuff. They might have overlapping deities and stuff like that, but they're not going to, like, start injecting Final Fantasy 14 plot lines into 11. At least I hope yeah. they don't, because I like yeah. them separate-ish. Mm-hmm. <laughs> They'll go backwards, not forwards. Yeah, um, and uh, so that is confirmed that neither Odin or anything Final Fantasy XIV related is um, responsible for um, for Hades. Now, we'll save the rest of that discussion for the next show. I'm sorry, I'm blinded by the light glistening off of your tinfoil hat. What? <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll just say this. I can't read the rest of your show notes. It's so blinding. <laughs> I will just say this uh, in regards to Final Fantasy XIV uh, and its influence over elements and in, in Adolin. One of the many bosses leading up to Hades is revealed to have come from a place which will remain nameless at this time that is not Vanadil. And that boss is a character model, or I'm sorry, an enemy model that is present in another online Final Fantasy game that is out right now. That's all I'll say about that. Hmm, I wonder what game that would be. Um, it's that weird sort of like theater. Theater Rhythm game, right? Yeah, it's from, yeah, it's from Theater Rhythm. <laughs> um, and speaking of that origin place, um, I was sort of right in that there is another dimension revealed um, that is responsible for some of the Adeline events, characters like we just mentioned, and it may or may not be related to other Final Fantasy games. It's hard to say at this time. And that's all I'll say about it today. Next episode, I'm gonna it's going to be spoiler showed. Great. <laughs> now. You're such a tease. Well, you I do want to give people a chance to to kind of see this stuff uh, firsthand. And um, one other thing I'll say about the missions: the cutscenes are ridiculously awesome. I mean, just better than the Wings of the Goddess cutscenes. And you're kidding? No, I mean no, that's, that's saying a lot. Storyline yeah. is arguable. You could make the case that the storyline isn't isn't as good, maybe in, in Seekers of Adeline, but in terms of like the presentation of the cutscenes, they are by far and 
away the the best stuff that I've ever ever seen in, in Eleven. Side note, um, since you mentioned Wings of the Goddess cutscene, just to go on a little tangent. Um, so, did you guys do the uh, the Windurst uh, storyline in the past? Yes. Okay, and you know how there's um, that cutscene when Fenner goes and he om nom noms everything? Yes. Okay, and you uh, know what music they played in the background, right? I don't remember. It was Ragnarok. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it was Ragnarok. So I went, like, you know, to go and, like, watch it for old time's sake or whatever, because I have, you know, a new PC and stuff and want to see it with high def. Um, they changed the music in it. They did? Yeah. It's not Ragnarok anymore. Huh. No, it's, like, freaking, um, the, uh, the, da, 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 and it's, like, really somber and not badass anymore, and it's just terrible. That's weird. <laughs> yeah, no, it was that one, and it's very, very frustrating. So, um, that was my little tangent. Sorry, go yeah, ahead. That's okay. Uh, well, yeah. actually, speaking of the past, um, and this... I wouldn't really say this is spoiler because anybody who has access to the Adelin library can go and read this for themselves right now. But um, so I'll mention it. The some more details about the frozen continent to the north, aka Razoa, have kind of come out in a new passage in one of those books in the library, and I will read it here. Um, it has to do with Sverdhurt. <laughs> I can't. Sverdhurt. How do you say that? Sverdhurt. Sverdhurt. IKEA. Sverdhurt. IKEA. Sverd haired, uh, uh yes. So he, he was described as being the father of rune fencing and living sometime in the 400s. And it says that in a long forgotten mystical kingdom in the frozen wastes of Rizoa, to my knowledge, the first we've heard of this, Sverdhead uh, gained the ability to use enchanted script known as runes, which he combined with his training as a blade master, interesting term, hmm. to develop the art we know today as rune fencing having just dis- having dedicated himself fully to this fusion x of religious <laughs> s- <laughs> scripture you were waiting for that weren't you and swordmanship um spedhead <laughs> then traveled through vanadil's many continents hmm. proselytizing his newfound way of life oh, also you, interesting you, you used a five dollar word there was proselytizing um basically speaking the gospel of rune uh, fencing yeah. and it says to the Many Vanadil's many continents. Also interesting. Um, Yet he was not blind in his devotion, and every land he visited satiated, or that's not the word. What word is that? Sated. Sated? Is that the same meaning? I guess, kind of. Words are hard. Yeah, supply someone with as much or more of something than desired can be managed. Sated his curiosity about various ways of life, which he incorporated into his own training. So, a couple of interesting notes there. Um, This is the first at least to my knowledge, that we've heard about any sort of civilization in the north other than the Vikings and the Orcish Empire. I don't remember ever hearing about a mystical kingdom. Yeah, no, that's new. Um, Also worth noting, and I forgot where I read this, otherwise I would have put it in the show notes, but... The na- I believe it's the name of the airship docks were named after somebody else who came from, Re- uh, what is it, Rizoa? Yep. In uh, Adelin? Yes, the name of the Adelin airship docks. I believe it's that. It's it's some place. Oh, no, I'm sorry. It is the library that is named after. 
Um, a Selenia? Wo- yeah. That one? Yeah. It is named after a woman who came from that continent to hmm. a- Adelin. Um, and just to put this in perspective about what else was happening uh, at the time that this rune fencer was going around the world, um, Mayer, who was the first president of Bastok, is born. he was born in the Near East, I did not know that, and traveled to Quan in search of gold and mithril that was found there. And as a side note, the, um, the gold and mithril uh, rush had started happening around that time, late 300s. Um, Lungo Nongo, who's the Taru Beastmaster uh, warlock, was removed from his position at that time uh, as a military leader, and Windhurst's, uh, sorry, Windhurst's forces then shifted their focus on researching pure magic. So um, some other stuff I didn't, I mean, I guess I kind of knew, but didn't know the time <laughs> frame. About 150 years prior to that is when um, some Taru from Windhurst uh, discovered there, magic. There's no H in Windhurst. I know. I keep saying it. It's, I don't know why. I want to smack you really I hard. know. I, I never <laughs> write it. I don't know why I keep saying it. Because um, you are a bad person. Uh, <laughs> so they, di- they discovered magic in, I think, around the year 200 or so um, by exploring the, you know, the ruins um, in Saruta Baruta. You mean the Horototo ruins? Mm-hmm. Okay. And then um, there's a Taru uh, named Samari who feels sorry for the toads in Windurst and casts a forbidden spell, likely Mini or Frog. We have actually heard about the use of Mini in Final Fantasy XI. Mm. Um, that's actually, did you know that? that? That's how you get to Brenner and Legion? I think so. Those are dioramas and you the spell Mini actually gets casts, cast on you. And that, that's why you go into those miniature simulations. Oh, wow. Fun Science. Uh, I forgot about that. So this Taru cast that spell on the frogs, who she felt bad for because they were getting stepped on by all of the people. And that created the Porogos, um, who eventually learned to speak and use magic as well. And then when Durst, try, I didn't say it at that time, uh, tries to wipe them out uh, and successfully uh, drove them out of the city. But there's some that live in um, the canal and obviously in other places in Vanadil. Um, and so in the early four, 400s, magic becomes widely known to all people and beastmen. And the Republic of Bastok is established by forming diplomatic relations with other countries. And it does not say only Windurst and Sandoria. Um, and a lot of this information came from various um, Vanadil Tribune posts from way back when. Mm. To be fair, though, the Tribune also did give weird origins for all the avatars. So, yeah. Like, it's a so Shiva. It's, was like this a, isn't, uh, yeah, so this is. Yeah. Like, a Shiva was an elven queen in the frozen north and then was, like, moved to Sandoria or something like that after she died and encased in her crystal. It was weird. But, uh, no, it's all really, really interesting. And I love this kind of lore stuff. And I hope that uh, they release more of it now, in the future. I got a bit of a question here. Yeah. When exactly did they come up with this lore about Rozoa and Sferdherd and all that kind of stuff? Like, when did they actually uh, first publish this part of the lore? I could be wrong, but my understanding is that it came out with this update. Um, they that might We've be inc- known about the name of the continent for a while. We though. have known about the name of the continent for a while. It's it's talked about in. Um, um, 
I'm checking right now. It's talked about in Chains of Promethea. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, do you think it could be possible? I know this is going to be a bit of a tinfoil hat theory. Do you think they could be setting something up for in the future with this part of the lore? I do. Yeah. I mean, they in the you know I won't say what, but in the Seekers of Adeline missions, they actually talk about Rizoa quite a bit. It has a lot to do with the main storyline of Seekers of Adeline. And so it's no secret that, you know, they're they're at least revealing more details about it. Um, in fact, there is a cutscene where you actually get to see it um, and not just an image. They've used a lot of paintings to supplement mm-hmm. the, the cutscenes in, in Adeline. But there's actually a cutscene where um, you see uh, a little bit of it. It's actually a three fully 3D environment. You don't get to walk around it or anything, but it's a cutscene. And the uh, that great white dragon. Um, does something there and, and you see that as like actual animation with the in-game models and stuff like that so oh, nice if they hadn't done that I would kind of be like okay well they're just providing more lore background or whatever but the fact that they've actually showed it in like a 3D rendered setting is like come on what's what happens next <laughs> yeah it really does it, seem like they're setting something up but you know what actually would be cool if they actually use the airship docks in western Adeline or that uh, one little blocked off airship dock down in uh, the what's it called uh, Norg uh, if they use one of those airship docks to be able to go up to Rezoa. Is there an airship dock in Norg? I thought it was just a regular port. There's a regular boat. I don't know if there's an airship right. dock though. Uh, whatever it was. It was that one that's blocked off by the Galka. Yeah, that's just a yeah. regular um, oh, that's right. boat. Yeah. Okay. Um, what um, what I kind of think that would be a little cool, sorry, tangent, but um, if they opened up, like, let's say they did like a north and a south thing, where it's like the Mithra homeland of the south is going to try to fight the, like, orcish empire of the north, which would, like, make no sense whatsoever, but it would be cool regardless. And if they made it so, like, Norg would be like, hey, here's the port that goes to there, or to the far east or something, and then, yeah, for the north uh, area. I keep wanting to say Northrend, because just have well, it. it but, actually, <laughs> I think, yeah. I might be wrong, but I think it would make sense geographically if the port in Norg went south. Yeah, but, I mean, it, it also is, like, you know, far east. Like, that, if there was to go, everyone to be a far east switch, Norg would be sort of, like, jumping off point or like the hidden dock in the Tenshoto and um, Juno. So we don't have a, a world map to scale per se, but um, okay. Every time, every time the VB says per se, I get this vision of that emo vampire kid from South Park going per se. <laughs> Great. Now I'm going to be self-conscious about it. Um, <laughs> we don't have a scale uh, world map, so we don't know exactly how far Obuka is from the far east, but we can maybe guesstimate that it would actually be closer to the far east than like the middle continent, right? Well, yeah, but if we can already take a boat to, let's say, um, oh, I don't know, Ottergon, which is <laughs> with the far east, then think- we could probably take a boat to the far east. That's true. To, I think we're going to have to Udia that. Not <laughs> really. Um, well, we, we can get away with saying. Well, I mean, it just depends on the frequency that we say. I mean, if we keep saying five oh, seconds, then on. he might have to. Right. Moving right, uh, moving uh, right uh, Speaking of so, Betty White Mage. You guys just leveled down. <laughs> um, yeah, so. No, you're right. It, we, we, it's safe. It is. 
yeah, it, it is pr- uh, plausible that we could just actually walk to the far east from somewhere in Otter Gone. Right. That and like also we've had so much sort of quote unquote trade with them, be it rather the Tenshoto or just the fact that there's randomly far eastern equipment on the auction house that it would make sense that there's like a regular enough like trading line that you wouldn't have to teleport there or use the yeah. airship or whatever. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And there's also uh, there's another continent that is not the south, the far east or the north. It's an island and I don't remember the name of it. So I won't. That's all I'll say about it. But the, it's been referenced very, very minimally. Could it be possibly in the far west? That's Adeline. Yeah, that's Adeline. Oh, that's right. Are you thinking of Joie? Maybe. The, where, the place where um, Naja's from? Possibly. That's the Mithrin homeland. No, it's not that. There's another one. Mm. Well, at any rate, yeah, the. If they are setting up things for another expansion, then there's definitely a lot of places we still haven't gone to yet that would make sense to revisit the in-game portion of the show. Uh, what have you been doing, Maroku? In-game? Oh, no, no, no. It's guest first. Oh, I'm sorry. Good oh. God, where are your manners? Well, uh, in-game finally got my Philistrus mask. Yay! After trying that darn Mithra like 57 billion times, I finally uh, got the cat yeah. mask and I, won, and I won the lot. So I'm just like, yes. Awesome. Uh, that and I am almost done with the 62 uh, silver piece portion of the Annihilator. Uh, just basically been hammering out uh, Salvage 2 and doing Dynamis runs over and over and over and over and over and over again, which is why I haven't really been able to work on uh, Seekers of Adeline. Uh, and th- the one thing that I find annoying, though, is that the reason why I have to do this is because for some odd reason, since we ended up last doing the show, uh, everybody's gotten into this funk where the only way you're going to be able to bring a ranger into endgame content is if you have an Annihilator. Yeah, that is a little bit of an annoying trend, but it's like, it's it is like, what it is. I mean, that, that always seems to happen with, like, you know, remember the Delve Weapon Only shouts? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I loved when I saw one for that, and for, like it was for New Nizel Isle. It's like, uh, you realize that Delve didn't, wasn't a thing when people were clearing this anyway, right? Like, <laughs> Exactly. Now everybody wants to be able to do all the endgame content uh, with only Koronok Rangers. I'm like, dude, really? It's like, what do you think we were doing before we actually had Koronok given the minus 20 en- uh, one, minus twenty enmity. It's like, now it's like, remember before when the fully upgraded uh, the fully upgraded relic weapons was actually an achievement? Now it's like the standard that you have to have to be able to do anything. Yeah, well, I think, I mean, it's obviously it's still, it's possible to clear that stuff without that setup, but I think people have gotten comfortable with knowing that they can do it even with a pickup group, and that's why I think a lot of people set those requirements. I'm not one of them. I don't advocate that style of gameplay necessarily, but I think that's why it happens. And amen to you, sir. I'm also not clearing these things with pickup groups, so there may be a little merit to, you know. That's right. I apologize. What about you, Mr. Moroku? What have I been doing? I've been... Doing a little bit of Dell, just the tier one stuff. Um, our group is sort of like new-ish to it still, and so we're having a little bit of trouble with the B. And uh, we got it down to like I think it was like one percent or something, and then it just is like, hey, surprise! I'm gonna screw all of you guys over. And oh, that stings, doesn't it? Yeah, oh, it does. I see what you did there. Yeah, uh-huh. there was a uh, quite a bit of buzz in the air afterwards. Uh... <laughs> but uh. <laughs> Oh, it'll be all right, honey. Wait, wait what? <laughs> Shut it down. Um, but um, yeah. So there was there was that, and then um, 
Yeah, no, nothing too much. Just working on some gear, uh, farming um, Alex for my Nirvana and stuff. So, yeah. Cool. Um, if you haven't been able to gather, I've been doing the missions and all of the new content that just came out. Um, and still chugging along on my uh, my Ergon weapon. Mm. Um, and I think that's, that's it for in-game. Uh, there are no emails this week. Oh. If you would like to email us, you can at petfoodbeta at gamerscape.com. And that will take us to plugs and we have several plugs today uh, as always of course uh, check out the MS Paint Challenge on Final Fantasy Auction House website in the fan art section of the forums and you can always tweet at us at Pet Food Beta at uh, wait whoa I just almost went down a um, Rakaznar Rock Has- twerking tunnel um <laughs> Uh, yeah, you can you can tweet at us at uh, Pet Food Beta, and we have a very exciting announcement coming soon that we can't quite announce yet. So we are we are announcing that we have an announcement, which is kind of really silly, but it's really 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 cool. It's very cool, and we're super excited about it. And uh, if all things go well, we can we'll we will say more about that um, probably next weekend. So be on the lookout on the Twitters and GamerEscape.com and stuff for that. Um, but we have something almost as exciting to announce as well. Um, we are working on a massive lore article for GamerEscape.com that summarizes the tale of Secrets of Adeline, how it fits into the rest of the Vanadil timeline historically, and we'll take a look at Hades' origin, the Founder King Adeline's rise to power, what happened to the Velk, Adeline's relationship with the other nations, and we'll attempt to answer whatever happened to the Dragoons we first heard about during Wings of the Goddess. Um, if you follow Final Fantasy XIV at all, uh, Fusion and Onwell wrote a massive article um, documenting basically everything that happened before A Realm Reborn came out. So not just the events of 1.0, but the history of Eorzea before that. And they, they got some quotes from Fern Halls, who's uh, head of the uh, localization team and works with the lore team over there at Square Enix. Um, yeah. And we're... It's, uh, like, I, I, I get that self-promotion is kind of hilarious, but this is an amazing article and you should totally go check it out. Yes. Even if you don't play 14 or uh, 11, for that matter. Yeah, if you're just curious... This, like, like, it's really good. If you're just curious, like, what's the deal with Final Fantasy XIV? Uh, this <laughs> article pretty much sums up uh, everything up until the game in its current form. So we're, we're, n- we're not looking to go that comprehensive with all of Final Fantasy 11 but we're we're (laughs) aim high aim high okay yeah Uh, well i'm just setting expectations Mm -hmm. the air force of final fantasy yeah no but we are uh, we are planning to cover everything that happens in adeline and how it fits into things that may have happened before um the expansion came out uh so yeah be on the lookout for that it's gonna take a while to to get together but hopefully sooner rather than later and uh where can people find out more from you karma Oh yeah! Uh, since we ended up uh, doing the last episode, the outer uh, outer what was it? Uh, outer rock has now twerking tunnel. Uh, there's been a change in where the next level can be found. Uh, we have left uh, Epic Gamer Radio. We are now the founding show of Phoenix Radio FM. 
fm.com. We just moved it over there. Uh, we're getting a whole lot more liberties of being able to do exactly what we want. Uh, might be able to bring over some guests. So hopefully, if uh, time permits, we might be able to get uh, Vivi and Moroku to come over and maybe like guest star in an episode or whatnot. <laughs> oh, that'd be great. Yeah. But uh, we're still on Sundays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Pacific. Cool. Cool. But yeah, remember, phoenixradiofm.com. All right. Um, Groovy. I think, I think that's everything. Are we done? I think we are. All right. Oh. Well, um, uh, all right. Well, until next time, we will uh, we'll catch you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>